Shalom, everyone. That's Aaron Hood with the voice of my beloved podcast. I'm here with Braden Waller, author, founder of Love and Purity Ministries. And uh, we're going to tackle, um, again, finishing up uh, the last podcast, we are talking about the spirit of immorality. And uh, Braden's going to finish his thoughts on that as uh, for the podcast this week. Uh, before we dive into that, we just wanted to remind you uh, the couple things that we got going on. The Yet a Little While CD is uh, getting closer. Braden did a little bit of, uh, you want to give us an update on that? Yeah, we're just in the studio this past week and had a great time in there. It's really shaping up. Okay. We're looking forward to getting it out there, getting the word out. How many scripture references? Like uh, how many different scriptures? are? 16 there? different passages. And it's, they vary from like two verses to as many as I think five or six verses. Okay. So uh, kind of like a little ditty is what we would say. You know, some of these, you know, not full out songs, but great references, scriptures to know, uh, getting ready for the coming in yet a little while. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got that coming up. And then the Psalm of Ascent book. That's what I meant when I said author. That's Braden Waller, author of this uh, book, the Psalm of Descent book, which, you know, we've talked about it on here before, just going through the Psalms 120 through 132. 134. 134, and that's the known as the Psalms of Ascent, beautiful Psalms. <clears throat> we um, do a little um, prayer for Israel on Thursday mornings on the, an altar of prayer um, Zoom call. It's a, it's a, a big um, prayer um, network. Yeah. Network, thank you. And um, it's, it's just beautiful to be able to have those in memory and just to pray through those because they're, they're so uh, redemptive. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of the psalms, uh, those psalms are very redemptive. God's plan for redemption for Israel. So check that out. The Psalm of Ascent booking. Look online, loveandpurity.com, and uh, find information on there. We also got coming up quickly, soon, very quickly, August 18th through the 20th, we have an Above Ruby's family conference, uh, family camp, I guess is what we've called it before. And uh, it's going to be with Nancy and Colin Campbell. And uh, this, we're going to have a great time shaping up to be a pretty big event. Uh, yes. Lots of folks coming. We're really excited about that. And uh, last but not least, Harp and Farm Program, which is, you know, Love and Purity's uh, discipleship program uh, where we'll in, invest in learning music, uh, prayer watches, and, and teaching uh, to learn worship and uh, music talent. And then at the same time, also uh, farming practices, um, what you sow, you'll also reap, you know, all that good stuff uh, from the scripture as far as, far as uh, agricultural, I always get agricultural and archaeological mixed up, <laughs> but um so if you're interested in that and you're 18 to 30 years old and you'd like to spend some time, August 24th through October 24th, uh, we'll be opening up that program for those that would like to come and um, spend some time pressing into the Lord and, and finding out what it means to be uh, to break up your fallow ground and all the scripture references that have those references and, and just really good stuff. Yeah. So got that. Also, you can find that at com. So without any further ado, we're going to go right into this, Braden. Uh, what you said you had a kind of a sense there's something that you're really wanting to um, get to the listeners. Um, what, what is that? I, I believe to boil it down would just be to realize, like we mentioned in the previous podcast, that we're in a real battle mm. in our generation. I don't like to be really aware of how bad it is getting out there, but the little bits and pieces I pick up from the news, it is getting really bad. Yeah. And I think that our world is pushing this message of, you know, tolerance. You got to tolerate everybody, even if it's at the expense, even if it means exploiting the weak. Mm. Uh, the way that our culture is going, it's it's even there's some laws that are being passed in in the real bad states where this is being pushed is, you know, exploiting children, mm. exploiting the weak, the people that don't even know what they're getting into. And I'm I'm referring to 
the the uh, immorality that's happening in these in these places and the things that are even being legalized. And so I, my burden in this podcast is just to encourage all of us out there to realize that this is a fierce battle that's taking place and to not tolerate. The scripture actually has a no tolerance perspective. <laughs> no, the, the scriptures is a no tolerance zone. It, it has a no tolerance message on sexual immorality. Amen. And so we have to just embrace that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to look at this passage here, Revelation 2, 19 through 20. And this is Yeshua speaking to the church of Thyatira. He says, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience or endurance. Mm. And so these are great, great things. They've Amen. got some really good things going for them. They've, they've got great works. They're loving each other. They're serving. They've got faith. Faith Amen. is really important. Yeah. Amen. They've got patience. They're enduring. Wow, this is a great resume. But then... We see in verse 20, I have a few things against you because you allow, or some translations say tolerate, that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. So you can have all these great things, but if you're allowing that Jezebel influence mm. of perversion, of immorality, then it's a real stumbling block. Yeah. And so just realizing just, and we look back at Jezebel and I just want to point this out. Second Kings nine twenty two. this gives us some insight into who Jezebel was because Jehu he's cleaning house, right? He's, yeah. he's going through, he's, he's just clearing out the idolatry, all the wickedness that's going on in Israel. And he comes in, he sa- it says, now it happened when Joram saw Jehu that he said, is it, is it peace Jehu? So he answered, what peace? As long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcraft are so many. So I, just want to point that out. There's a there's a witchcraft. There's harlotry and witchcraft going on together. Mm. And we look at the four primary sins mm. in Revelation chapter nine. It's right at the end of Revelation chapter nine. You've got murder, idolatry, sorcery, and sexual immorality. Mm. So these the sorcery and the sexual immorality we see in Jezebel's case go hand in hand. Mm. There's a a spiritual blindness, and we see this going on with Thyatira here. They get all this great things happening, but there's a spiritual blindness where they're allowing or they're tolerating. They're kind of having this, you know, we're not going to be too aggressive on dealing with this mm. kind of approach. And there's this witchcraft, this blindness that is blindness. Cause she even calls herself a prophetess, right? right yeah. <laughs> so there's this blindness that they're experiencing and they're not dealing head on with the, with this issue. Amen. Yeah. It's such a you know thing we see in the scriptures when, Israel was um, coming forth, and you know, and you know, the whole Balaam and Balak right. uh, story is that they were seduced by immorality, sexual immorality, to worship or commit idolatry, and how right. that's how the the enemy works. Uh, the, the devil uses our fleshly lusts to draw us into uh, idolatry, and because when we it, it, our lust wages war, it, it, it is in rebellion or it it's looking for that self gratification and it's contrary. That's what the scripture says, right? It's contrary to sound doctrine and godliness and um, right. self control. And so when we give ourselves over to that, to that sexual immorality, then our hearts deny the God who says that that's wrong because you know our, our conscience. In order to ease our conscience, we revert to base worship of wood and stone and things like that and worship of self which right. is you know in, in essence pretty much the same thing as worshiping a a tree or a stone because we're we live and we die we're just as you know just like the grass or the flowers like we mentioned last week and so the 
what I never understood before is, is that thing is I was like, how can they, you know, turn away from the living God so soon? Um, you know, at the bottom of the mountain, you know, feeling like they were worshiping God. I think that's really critical is it, to see that they were deceived, um, thinking that they were worshiping God, but not in the, the manner or the way that God prescribed mm-hmm. uh, that we should worship him. And um, that leads to a self-gratification and then a, um, a turning away from those things that are right and righteousness. And it's a slippery slope <clears throat> and the tolerance, you know, and it's, it, it's coming from the church. Yeah. You know, the church is saying you have to, to love people. And I think it's so important that we love like Yeshua loved, right. which is to speak the truth and to love, uh, love people by telling them uh, their position is grave, that, there's, that those that practice immorality will perish. Right. And, and that, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a stronger love. You know, the scripture says, my, my friend Josh, I was just talking to him on the phone, uh, Brayden's brother, he, one of his favorite verses in the Bible is they says, strike me and it shall be a kindness. Let the righteous strike me and it shall be a kindness. You know, there's a, there's a, a thickening that we really need to get in our skin that we can receive. We got to be able to receive correction for whom the father loves. He corrects, you know, and I right. think that if we feel like we can just receive only blessings from the Lord and that we are not going to err and, and then that the father is, is going to let us go our own way, then um, that's a shallow love. And right. God's love for his people that we can see all through the, the Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that whole story is God's continual correcting, correcting, disciplining his children, mm-hmm. bringing them back, them going away. He disciplines them. He brings them back. He's, that's, his, that's his heart, you know, and, and I think right. in that way, David also uh, was quick to, recom- to come back when he was confronted with his sin. And I think that's what made David such a man after God's own heart. Not that he, you know, lived alone and he never allowed himself to be in the, the dirty elements of, of life and, and with the relationships and all those things. But he was able to um, look to the Lord when he needed help. Mm-hmm. He was to confess his, his faults quickly, repent, and not err in those things again. I think that those are, are powerful examples of what it means to, to walk the journey of uh, a Christian life. Yeah, that's yeah, good. And just going back to Revelation uh, as well. So we got the Church of Thyatira. They're being rebuked for allowing, tolerating the woman Jezebel. And then we also have Pergamos. And we can look here in Revelation two thirteen through sixteen. It says, "I know uh, where you dwell, where Satan's throne is." So here they're they're living in the middle of a sinful area. There's Satan's throne. There's actually, if you go back in history. Pergamos was known as a very satanic mm. city. And so there was actually this place known as Satan's throne. Wow. So you hold fast to my name. I'm Good. skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. I have a few things against you though. So I have a few things against you because you have there, those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, just as Aaron just mentioned, where Balaam is teaching Balak to put a stumbling block, right? And it even says that who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before Israel to commit sexual immorality. Repent, or I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Mm. So it's interesting how even in that in this Torah portion, Balaam is one Torah portion, then right after that you have Phineas. So you kind of have this, <laughs> this um, contrast yeah. of Balaam counseling Balak. So, you know, I, I can't curse them directly, but I can tell you, you know, if, if they allow sin in their lives, if they allow this kind of this undercurrent of sin to come in, then, then that way they'll get cursed by God himself. Amen. You know, so... Yeah. 
uh, he'll bring this judgment on them. And he and, says here, he says he'll come against you with the sword of his mouth. I mean, you know, it's it's a severe thing, you know, and, you know, Phineas, the story, you know, in that he, yes, destroyed one brother, but he saved the, mo you know, the hundreds of thousands that were being slain all around him because of that sin. And I think that it's very important. And, and yeah, it's, it, it's a situation where, you know, I know many people out there and in my own family, the situation of the oldest sibling dabbling in things of the world um, and falling into sin. And the parent's choice is to let them or to, uh, you know, kick them out of the house, you know, to, to preserve the rest of their children. But there's a love there and they, you know, and many parents are struggling with this reality. And, um, even in, in uh, interactions that I've had lately talking with my own parents and, um, and my mother, you know, in, 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 in my own, in my own life, you know, an older brother that was continuing to dabble in, and bring those things, you know, home and uh, trying to justify himself in, in an effort to uh, preserve the rest of the family. My, my parents kicked out my older brother out of the house. And that was a heartrending decision because there was so much uh, that he was open to you know, at that point, um, in your situation, you may be in that same exact situation and it may tear at your heart greatly to, to consider, you know, throwing your, your oldest son whom you love so dearly or daughter, you know, your oldest, some of your children to the, in, in, in some ways and to the world, but you must consider the, the effect that will have. I've seen families where that's not been done and the younger sibling, younger, uh, siblings and children following the same and the whole family is lost is right. destroyed and uh so it's it's not an easy road and i'm in no way in a, a position to even encourage you one way or the other i pray god gives you grace if you're in that situation but know that there is a greater cost that can be paid than the loss of one of your children and that's your whole family um, being given over by this pervasive lust that just creeps in from from one to the next to the next to the next because what is allowed by the parents will be carried to the fullest and uh, we, you can't have that spirit in your house you can't have a spirit because it says it likens it you know this right here says uh sorcery and witchcraft right we know for a fact that the scripture says that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft right and we know that that is really the the source of uh this re a lot of times the sexual immorality is a rebellion against god and right. against his calling on our life and so it's, it's important that we recognize the root of these things and that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I read that this morning, but yeah. mighty. They're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. You know, we're supposed to be getting the victory over the evil one, and may we not be blinded to the negative effects and how deep and pervasive this will go into our families. As priests of your home, I, I pray that God gives each one of you, uh, fathers and mothers, um, the ability to be in one accord in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Yeshua said it best, you know, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out for it's better to go, you know, into, into eternity with one eye than it is for your whole body to be cast into hell. And it's yeah. a, it's a radical position, but it's a position that Yeshua advocated for. And we cannot tolerate. It's not yeah. a toleration of sin or sexual immorality. It's not a tolerance of, uh, habitual sin. Um, we have to cut those things off and, you know, it may feel like, you know, I've been ministering to guys in the, in the jails for almost two years now. And, and I can see how it'd feel almost like they're cutting off their right arm, right. You know, to break free from these addictions because it's everything they've known their whole reality. Right. Um, but, oh man, just to be able to know that the rest of your body will be saved. 
by right. cutting off your right arm. I, I think we have to have that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And may God give us grace in that. So rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. And uh, what's the other part? Isn't something as idolatry? Stubbornness is stubbornness. a sin of idol- idolatry. Stubbornness is a sin of idolatry. We have to, in our children, you know, in our own lives, you know, that's a that's a, a strong word to us, you know, because rebellion is in is not something that we talk about like sexual immorality, homosexuality, or like murder or or lying. You know, stubbornness is something that you know maybe a root in, in your own life. You're listening to this in my own life, and um, stubbornness and uh, and uh, yeah. So I think we we really need to. Dig it, root it out, you know. And yeah. What is, it, what is it John said? I think it was John said, even now the ax is laid to the root. Right. we got to get to the root. And yeah. um, I think uh, it's, we, there's so much uh, here. And uh, it partly encourages me, and I hope it encourages you, to uh, to have a battle plan, you know, to yeah. to not necessarily look at it as, oh, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. I'll never be able to do that. But, hey, like, hey, i got something I can I can go after, you know, yeah. so identifying and going after the root should encourage you that there's something that you can do and it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so we always need him. Everything that we we do and everything that we engage in, let it be with a spirit that says, I am not able to, but I know a God who is able. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, just tying into that, uh, the whole Romans passage, it talks about how the people that get into this really dark place it begins, it's really a matter of worship, you know, because yeah. they're worshiping the creature instead of the creator. Right. And so then they give themselves over to this, this ter- these terrible things. And so just how important it is to worship, and, you know, Corinthians talks about how we, with faces unveiled, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Mm. There's this transformative thing that happens when we worship God, that we are, you know, looking to him and he's transforming our hearts. The alternative is Psalm 115. They, those who make them are like them. You know, mm-hmm. it says they, they have, they're worshiping the idols. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. And then it kind of wraps up that whole, that whole thing. It says, hey, those who make them are like them. If you're, you're going to end up blind, uh, dumb, can't <laughs> talk, can't, you know, can't uh, do all these things if you worship anything other than the living God. Mm, amen. And so we want to be those that are alive to God. I want to read this quote. This is from William Reich. He wrote this book called The Mass Psychology of Fascism. So basically, he was just saying, how do we get the masses to embrace our worldview? This is written in 1933. He says, we as communists used to debate people about the existence of God. And after a while, I came to the conclusion that this was a waste of time. You aren't going to debate people away from the existence of God. But what we found was that if you get people involved in deviant sexual behavior, the whole idea of God just disappears automatically. Mm. So that was his conclusion is like why are we wasting our time we'll just basically get a culture to embrace deviant sexual behavior and then the idea of god would just vanish and we ask ourselves why is that and i think the reason why is back to this issue of there's a connection with the rebellion and the immorality um joseph when he's being tempted by potiphar's wife he makes this very interesting statement he goes how can i do this great wickedness and sin against god He's recognizing that by yielding to Potiphar's wife, that he would actually be sinning against God himself. Mm. And then we see with David as well in Psalm 51, he says, against you and you only have I sinned. This is his repentance after he's committed adultery with Bathsheba. He says, God, against you and you only have I sinned. What a statement. Mm. You know, he obviously sinned against Bathsheba, Uriah, a lot of people. He lied to people, but he's deeply aware that he has sinned against God himself. Mm. So David, Joseph, 
they recognize this thing that they have sinned against God. And when a culture wholesale just goes after all this wickedness, mm. deep down, they realize that they're, they're sinning against God and their default mode is to actually become atheist and mm. say, we don't believe in God anymore because yeah. they can't reconcile the two. Yeah. They can't reconcile their immoral behavior with that actual living God. Amen. And so our encouragement to you is in your own life, in your family, in your congregation, don't be one of those that is just turning a blind eye to these issues. Um, deal with it head on. Seek purity of heart in your own heart. And God will reward that. Amen. And so just be encouraged out there to, to take a stand, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Yeah, I mean, this, it's not going to go away. You know, by ignoring it, the situation is only going to grow uh, more ugly. And um, this is the Council of Balaam here. This guy in 1933 spoke about what we're seeing today. Yeah. Uh, that's the Council of Balaam. And um, these, and so yes, be encouraged. We 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 bless you to to walk in those things that that are holy and upright before the Lord. And uh, hopefully you've been encouraged through this. And so we're gonna sign off for this week. We're gonna bless you. And um, yeah, this is the voice of uh, the beloved podcast, where we believe that hearing and obeying the voice of the Bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. Blessings, Shalom. Yeshua, I love.